This is the John Oakley Show podcast. On a great day for talk radio for some folks. Uh, it's been a harrowing ordeal over the last 48 hours or so. We've seen flooding in parts of the province towards Bracebridge and Huntsville in the Muskoka area. Uh, there is talk of evacuations because people living in low-lying areas, the flooding there has, uh, you know, obviously uh, threatened their homes and uh, businesses and so on and so forth. Ditto for out in eastern Ontario around Quebec and uh, the Ottawa-Quebec region. Uh, we've seen the Prime Minister who was sandbagging the other day, and we've got uh, Ralph Goodell ascribing all of this to climate change. Well, I just wanted to put it into perspective as to what is threatening us in and around the GTHA. Rahana Rajabali is a senior manager, the flood risk management of Toronto, the Toronto and Region Conservation Authority, and she's joined us here on the Oakley Show uh, to give us the deets. Rahana, good to have you on board. Hi there. Thanks so much. Good afternoon. Okay, uh, so do we have a dire situation in and around the GTHA? So actually, no. Unlike what's happening in the much larger watersheds to the north and to the east of the GTA, we first of all don't have any snowpack left in our watersheds. Um, Our snowpack melted away weeks ago. And second of all, because our drainage areas are so small and our rivers so short, the flood risks for our rivers tend to occur with each passing rainstorm individually. So the water quickly accumulates in our rivers without much lead time and then accordingly flushes through our system very quickly. So for us, you know, it only takes a couple of days uh, at most for rivers to return to their baseline levels after each storm, which means that the impact of today's rainfall are just that for our rivers and streams, just today's rainfall. And with the 15 to 25 millimeters we've seen uh, across the GTA area, um, that isn't enough to give us any concerns about flooding along our rivers. The water levels are, you know, higher than normal, faster than normal. So we do have some concerns about water safety close to the riverbanks and whatnot. But we're not so much concerned about flooding in our rivers here in the GTA because they're they're shorter and their drainage area is much smaller. And would you say we got lucky in a sense, too, because it was a protracted melt? You know, it was a slower melt instead of uh, like a flash. All of a sudden it got warm and uh, everything, you know, with all the snow that had accumulated in the latter stages of the winter, uh, it was nice to see it dissipate sort of in a, you know, uh, a, a drawn out timeline. Absolutely. And and in this case, I should say the melts, because we had a couple of, you know, a couple of waves of melts that occurred as we had patches of warmer weather and rainfall that came along with that. So, so indeed, we did get lucky. We weren't like backed up with inordinate ground and meltwater then? No, it happened over a much slower period of time for us. And again, because we have those shorter watersheds, um, you know, it, it flushed out each time we had those rainstorms come through. Whereas some of the rain that fell last weekend in those larger watersheds to the north of us and to the east of us, they're still dealing with that water in their system and then more rainfall that happened today. Yeah, it's kind of overwhelming whatever the drainage is, natural or otherwise, right? You got it. How are we, insofar as infrastructure is concerned, to handle the runoff with uh, storm sewers and so on and so forth? Is that adequate? Uh, yeah, for rainstorms that we see like we have today, this is very typical of a, of a spring rainstorm. So it's well within the, the kind of weather we're expected to see, well within what both our natural and our engineered systems are designed to handle. What's the deal with people? You know, uh, we've seen this in areas, well, New Brunswick and uh, as well in Quebec, Ontario, and uh, even up around Bracebridge and Huntsville. People living on floodplains are very close to them. Uh, that's just rolling the dice, isn't it? Well, one of uh, the most important things that conservation authorities like the Toronto and Region Conservation Authority do is uh, land use management. And through the 
appropriate, you know, the appropriate land uses, we try to keep people away from the hazard. But the thing to remember is that a lot of areas have been historically developed prior to these land use management practices being put into play. And for our area, Hurricane Hazel in 1954 was a big wake up call. And I think, you know, areas that have developed after that and areas that have developed in the last 30 years where we put in better and better stormwater management practices certainly are at a lesser degree of risk. But, you know, our, our, uh, civilization in the areas, you know, predates that. And, you know, of course, our, our settlements predate that. And so because of that, you still have people who live in risky areas. The other thing to remember is that it isn't the same model that's followed across the country. The Conservation Authority model is unique to Ontario. Yeah. And, uh, you know, a lot of people lament the loss of wetlands as well having an impact. <laughs> Certainly, the thing to remember about natural systems is that they they are interrelated, right? And so the we talked about engineered infrastructure, but it's important to understand that our drainage systems are part of natural infrastructure, what I call, you know, Mother Nature is an efficient engineer. And so these things are all related to each other. And sometimes it's not very obvious to understand that, you know, the, the water table is connected even below where we see it with the visible eye. Yeah, you know, when we uh, sit here and uh, maybe look at, projects uh, pertaining to the development of the portlands and the mouth of the dawn. Uh, I know there's been debate over the years about how uh, that should be addressed. Should it be a natural kind of, uh, you know, a way of uh, really setting up the mouth as it, it empties into Lake Ontario? Or do you think there's a way of, uh, I don't know, gerrymandering it or controlling it? Uh, what are your thoughts? Well, if you actually look at the design of the new Mouth of the Dawn, it is marrying the best of both worlds because it's it's looking at a system that has flood protection reinforcement there, uh, but still using the elements of a natural meandering river channel. And so the design that is being used for the Lower Dawn um, and the Portland Flood Protection Project is the best of both worlds. It's taking into account the, the capacity where you need it with the spillway, but also taking into account, you know, the, the right kind of habitat development through naturalized river mouth. So that's a great example of marrying the best of both worlds. Yeah, but yet the dawn spills over its banks, typically like uh, today, I guess, around Pottery Road or uh, some of the lower lying regions of it uh, along the Bayview Extension. Anything that uh, can be done to address that? Yeah, so luckily today, just to clarify, no no issues, uh, you know, with uh, with it spilling over its banks today because the rainfall has been nice and distributed. But uh, the thing to remember is that Sometimes you have transportation infrastructure uh, that is uh, very much encroaching upon what would be the natural floodplain, and you end up having to balance out, um, you know, what it would take in order to implement some sort of large-scale mitigation area in terms of the impact to those transportation channels with the um, the degree to which they are impacted. Um, and in this case, it's, it's transportation infrastructure, so it does tend to get impacted fairly frequently, but it ends up being closed, you know, for a few hours in the course of a day. But when you think about mitigation measures, which we continue to explore with our partners over at the City of Toronto, uh, you also have to factor into account what interruptions there might be to that transportation infrastructure for the sake of constructing some sort of mitigation measure. Well, a lot of this now has been ascribed to climate change. Do you build that into the equation that this is going to uh, lead to increased flooding and, uh, you know, incidents where we get what are deemed to be generational or epochal floods and uh, are you seeing more of that and uh, do you anticipate having to address more of that? 
I think the the best analogy uh, when it comes to climate change is one I've heard proposed, you know, or, or used before is the idea of loading the dice. And so you end up having, um, you know, because these are processes that have some randomness ascribed to them, the influence of climate change is that you're ending up loading the dice towards rolling some of those less lucky situations where you end up with combinations of factors that result in, in more frequent, more extreme storms. And so, it, you know, you have to start to consider how to to manage that with uh, with the loaded dice equation. The other thing to look at on the flip side, though, is that the standard that we use for flood protection here at um, the Toronto Region Conservation Authority and in the GTA is Hurricane Hazel. And that isn't a return period storm. It is a true extreme event that resulted from a combination of factors. So it's not the 100-year storm. It's something much greater than that. And so because of that, we have a very conservative standard for which we utilize land use management practices, right? That, that's our flood standards, most conservative in Canada. But you also have to consider using other tools for, however improbable, the combination of factors that might exceed that standard. And so that's where you have to have robust emergency management response procedures and, and communication protocols and, and um, other such measures across the full spectrum of emergency management in place. And you use those tools together to, to manage whatever threats may be on the horizon that are even more extreme. All right. Fair enough, Rahana. I've learned a lot. I appreciate your time. Thank you very much. You got it. Rahana uh, Rajabali is a senior manager with the Flood Risk Management Outfit at the Toronto and Region Conservation Authority. When she mentions Hurricane Hazel, I know up at the Thornhill Golf Course, for example, uh, they have a stone with a plaque on it that shows the high water mark of Hurricane Hazel in 1954. And it really is an arresting thing because when you see it and you look back and uh, you say, wow, uh, the banks of the river (laughs) are down there. This is where the water rose. Would have put the green, the 18th green, about 12, 15 feet underwater. Uh, So that was really something that was calamitous. Was that now a result of climate change? Well, who knows? Uh, I mean, this is what's been speculated and broadly uh, posited as a reason for these floods that we're now experiencing in and around the province. Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio. 911 on a new night. Thursday, March 14th on Global. Stream on Stack TV.